you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Hello, everybody. Adam Comer here, and I'm with Bruce Stanley. This is episode five. Today, we are going to talk about putting wheels on the very thing that we talked about in episode four. Not behavior modification, but heart change. We're going to talk about the growth module. We're not going to just leave you there with things to do, but we want to tell you how to do them based on God's word, based on a biblical worldview. Bruce, you uh, you have a little special interest in this category, don't you? I do, I do. Uh, I'm very passionate about it. Yeah, and, and so uh, I, I can't, I mean, I'm excited to talk about this. It's part of my own story. I mean, God led me to um, something in scripture that was the catalyst for writing a book. And uh, I don't take any glory for writing a book. It was just something that God equipped me to do. I was already a teacher at a college writing curriculum. And so just trying to share this with other people led to the formulation of a book. But all of this comes from God's word. It's not me. The only relevancy I bring to it is my testimony. And so uh, I want to start with just reading the passage that God led me to in scripture that really was the premise for the, these this module of growth. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to find that in Second Peter, chapter one, verses three through eleven. Now, this is the NIV uh, version I'm going to be re- reading from. So you might have a different translation of this, but it's still going to be the same message. So here we go. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Mm. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the world um, and its corruption by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and from mutual affection to love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. And so... How this passage came about, uh, God bringing me to it, was after uh, recovery, and my my life after recovery, or after addiction, uh, I, I wanted to go back to some fellowship. And so I started attending the 12-step meetings again and, all, and immediately felt awkward in them because I couldn't talk about Jesus Christ. It's all I really wanted to talk about. I was mm. so passionate about the things he was showing me. And I remember sitting in my room one day saying, God, surely in your Bible— there is some sort of step process to recovery. Like, how am I to live this Christian lifestyle? And and what are the ways? Is is there some kind of like passage that you could lead me to? That and and that's what God did. I mean, almost immediately after praying that prayer, God led me to this passage. And obviously, tucked right in the middle of this, in verses five through seven, He gives us the seven principles of growth. Yeah, and. But one of the things I want to point out in this is that, first of all, God gives us the situation. 
He says, by his power, he's given us everything for a godly life. So that's not behavior modification. That's a supernatural heart change that comes from the Spirit of God. Mm. And he says that he did this because he was good, not because we were. Yeah. That, that he did this out of his own goodness. And then on top of this, he gives us promises. So if it just if we can't trust just that God is a good God and that he has our best interests in mind and that he's going to do these things because he knows we can't, he gives us promises on top of them. And through these promises, he says, you'll participate in my divine nature, meaning God desires a relationship with you. He, through the death of Jesus Christ, uh, there has been reconciliation now that has been offered to uh, those who believe in him and can step into the presence of his throne and have a relationship with him. And so he's saying that when you do this, this promise, it allows you to escape the things in this world that have really just tried to ruin you. Mm. And then he gives us these seven things and adding to our faith. So this passage, he's talking to believers. But for those who are non-believers and hear this, this is a promise for you that this applies to you if you come to believe and trust in the Lord that he has your best interests in mind and that he can save you. But I also love how he talks about this being uh, something that we do in increasing measure. So we're never going to graduate from this. We, yeah. you know, there's another passage in the Bible that says that you know I'm going to finish what I started in you until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God's always going to be challenging you. He's always going to continue growing and that his mission, his purpose for you is to be more and more like Christ, to mature you from an infancy of just being naive to the things that we're ignorant of. And, and then I love how it says here, but whoever does not grow this way, he doesn't shame us. He doesn't like say, okay, you got to go back to the start. Because again, he's talking to believers here. He's simply saying, you've already forgotten yeah. what's been done for you. You've forgotten the promises. You've forgotten what Jesus Christ has done for you. And you need to wake up and realize because you've been blinded but by whatever it is that's led you astray, distracted you, and that you simply still have the ability to do this. Almost putting the veil back on yeah, or, or covering your eyes, back, the veil back over your eyes. Well, there's, an, there's a verb in that Second Corinthians passage that says, for those who turn to the Lord, the veil is lifted. There's a turn. I mean, we have to take responsibility in the turn part, but then God does the rest of it. And when we don't turn to God, we get blinded again. We simply become jaded by the, the, the ways of the world, and we lose sight of the promises of God, and therefore we, we just slip back. And so this is the essence of um, what we teach our guys in, at S2L Recovery in a growth module that says, Look, we know that you're immature. We know, like Paul says in, in Scripture, that you're, you're drinking spiritual milk right now. The idea is that you will gain enough while you're here to be strengthened to go out and continue doing it when you leave here. And this is the whole life after addiction yeah. and, and how God's expectation for us is to grow. But you know what? That expectation is for everybody, Adam. It's everybody. not just an addict. It has recovered, right? It's everybody. Everybody. So, we're no different. The world is the one who puts the stigma on us for being an addict and that we're ugly, dirty, broken, beyond repair. Uh, but we're no, we're no different than anybody else that has, has wandered away in the world, away from God, and God's saying, look, you know, just, just grow like this. Yeah, and, and I think what, what's very interesting is uh, the growth module coming from the biblical worldview uh, is that these principles, if you will, um, 
are, are just saying for you to do something that's already been done for you. Mm-hmm. Like grow, grow and learn more about who God is. Do these things. Uh, and, and not, not like inside of your own self, but grow into more the character of who God is. Right. And, and I love mm-hmm. that that second Corinthians three keeps coming up because it, it does say it does have action points. Turn the veils removed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then it starts talking about beholding God's glory, and you will be transformed into his image one degree of glory to another. Yeah. And so there's action point there. There's turn. There's action point of beholding. Yeah. Right? You know, Adam, I think the the biggest tragedy in the world today are the, the alarming statistics of people who call themselves Christians mm. and the 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 average number of those who just simply have done nothing past their salvation. Wow. There's no growth. They're still living a worldly life. Uh, and some of them are saved. We don't have the ability to determine who's saved or who's not. Yeah. But there's been no change in terms of lifestyle. And and like this, like this passage says, you've just simply forgotten mm-hmm. what God's already done for you and that this is the plan of God past your salvation is to grow. And it's the same thing that we teach these guys in recovery. It's like, man, you've come to a point where God has woken you up. The truth is being spoken to you, so you're you're no longer ignorant to it. And for for you guys who believe or those who, you know, this is a promise to you that if you come to believe that this is what God's plan is for you. He wants you to grow. Mm-hmm. And and this is not something because you're an addict, but because he made you this way. Yeah, I think so often the thought is that the salvation's the finish line, when in all reality it's the starting line. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and what's what's really cool is that Bruce, myself, any of the staff at S two O Recovery, always, always, always pointing people to God because He is the power. He is the one that sets free. He is the one that breaks chains. Uh, not a book, not a house, not a program, not a leader, not a piece of property, but He is. And so we don't claim that there's there's these things, but the vehicles that he's using, God is using us to recover. God is using lost and found recovering Christ. That's the name of uh, Bruce's book, and it's really the story of how God showed him uh, how to grow and how to put a 35 year addiction, man, in the place where it's Just, supposed to be, yeah. in the past, in the and, grave, in the it's grave, buried. dead. <laughs> And and man, what's really cool to see is is so it's it's not a, a book that has the power. It's God that has the power, but He has given that to us as a as a vehicle. And, and one of the things that we part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because uh, during uh, our Vision Cast retreat for 2018, God really laid heavy on our hearts. Get this message out. People are dying. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Amen. And we're, we're trying to do it in a way that is relative. We're trying to do it in a way that is is well put together. And, and so a part of that is trying to get this curriculum out. And, and there's churches uh, that have taken on this this book, this curriculum, and they've applied it to um, different uh, like adult care groups, right? Mm, yeah. Different being used in prison ministries. Prison prison ministries mm. that we just learned that was a pretty new. Someone took mm. it to the prison prison and started it. Uh, we know it's being taught in correlation correlation with Celebrate Recovery in other countries. Yeah, um, and so it's it's actually a really cool thing. And so that's all outside. But what was really cool on the inside is that as Bruce came on, 
he had no expectation that his book would be our fundamental curriculum, but God kind of transformed it into that. Mm-hmm. And then the skills that Bruce brought as being a professor in college and having to develop curriculum, we developed a 42-day curriculum based around the teachings that God has in these principles. Yeah. Uh, and what's beautiful is, is we did a survey. Uh, I want to say uh, November last year, uh, November, December was finally completed. It took some time to get a hold of a lot of guys. But it was talking with 100 men who have been in our program, uh, out of our program for at least a year, right? And this message is sometimes going, a lot longer. Than sometimes that. longer, yeah. Uh, and not only talking with the per, the student, but also their family. Uh, and we're we're excited to get to do this survey again this year because we really believe it's going to be uh, better. But uh, it came back that sixty percent of the guys who've come to our program, who have been out a year or more, are still living great, still plugged in the church, still doing this life thing. after addiction, baby. Life after addiction, and and that's that's. Incredible, and it kind of gets us excited, but at the same time, it's not near good enough. That's 40% of people who aren't. Absolutely. And, and the reason that we get excited is because the industry standard uh, is drastically lower. I mean, we're talking about, I, I don't I don't know how to get the right number, right? Because no it's, one's doing it's these. It's pretty eluding. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I've heard anywhere from 3 to 22%. But let's just let's just say, man, you know what? These other places are averaging twenty two percent success rates. We're three times that, you know, the industry standard. Mm. And so that is means to celebrate, but it's also like that's not good enough, man. That's mm. not good enough. Yeah. Come on. And so it has been a huge blessing. We've seen it working and got I mean, I'm talking about atheists will come to the program uh, tricked by family maybe or or just came here because it was the cheapest route for them yeah. maybe their insurance deductible was 12 13,000 10,000 maybe they didn't have insurance maybe they couldn't afford it um or and maybe their family made them but they come to the program they see that we're not like beating them over the head and man, we have seen some incredible things. We've seen guys coming as an atheist, leaving, praising God for setting them free from an addiction. Yeah. Like, what is that? That's the power of God. Yeah. It's the power of God. Well, and speaking of the power of God, uh, that's really the essence of all this. It's a supernatural thing that happens. God changes our heart. It, we can talk about these seven principles and the module of growth and how God gives us these promises to say, if you do these things, you'll you'll be effective and productive. But 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 underneath all that, it, nothing works without the Spirit of God. Nothing. Uh, it says the flesh can do nothing, but all things through Christ, uh, everything is possible. And that's such good stuff. Uh, so we're coming to the close of this episode. We wanna we wanna take a question from a listener. This is Ryan from Huntsville. It says this: I'd love to hear something on transparency. Here we go. Uh-oh. When you're in a place. Uh, a rehab place like S2L, it's easier to unload your baggage because everyone's luggage looks the same. When you get out, you can feel the eyes on you. So how do you deal with that? And how transparent is too transparent? Um, man, that is a great question. And that's, that's such a true uh, heart of, of someone who probably knows, who know, who does know uh, what it's like. Yeah. Um, and, and there is a lot of attention, not only attention, but the people your family, the ones that really know you, man, they don't trust you yet, you know? And so they're watching you. But then there's also the people that didn't know you that well but heard where you were the last however many days, months, and they're just like, ah, I need to maybe hide my purse when this guy's around. 
but here's something that's so cool, and we talked about it in a previous episode in the book of Revelation. It says, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. Right? And so let your life bring glory to God. Who cares what people think? You know? And that's way easier said than done. Uh, and I get that. Way easier said than done. Uh, but at the same time, when when your heart begins to change, when you're focusing on these things, these promises of God, it's almost like, what does God say? Yeah. Now, I, I care about what people say. Not not going to try to like, I think everyone does if they're honest, but I'm not going to let it control me anymore. I'm not going to let it pull fear over me anymore. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to um, maybe take a long time to trust me. Some people maybe will never speak to me again, never like me again, always mistrust me. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I think the the transparency part also may mean, you know, how how do we talk about some of these things that happen in our life uh, that to some people, and I think to Ryan's point, you know, may be alarming. Like, yeah, dude, did you just say that to me? Like, like, uh, yeah, man, that's transparent. That's too transparent. That makes me yeah. feel uncomfortable. Like, we don't say those types of things to each other. And I, I just say it like this, man. I'm a combat veteran, and I've been in situations where. It doesn't matter how well and articulate I am to explain it to people. People are just not going to get it. You, you can only understand if you've been there. Mm. And in the same way, people don't understand the roads that you've traveled in addiction. And some things people are just not going to understand when you try it. So in a good way, not in a bad way that people aren't going to trust you, but just trying to be transparent to tell people your testimony, you have to be discerning in the sense of like, not that I'm ashamed of the gospel and talk about you know, have to hide any truths that God did in my life, but man, I don't have to reveal what I did at 2 a.m. in the morning when I was high on a cocaine binge looking at pornography yeah. uh, way back when. You know, <laughs> right. people are not going to understand that, and they're not going to understand other things that, in, in terms of recovery, what you went through because they simply haven't gone through it. And in the same way, I can't explain to somebody what happened to me in a war uh, situation. And the atrocities and the things I experienced there because they just simply can't grasp what that is. And it frightens people. Right. And I don't need to do that to also explain my experiences through that. Right. And so that's what you have to be discerning on. Yeah, and, and I would add to that in the, in the same kind of mindset that uh, you don't have to go into the details. Just like in the first episode, we talked about Bruce's. Wait, did I just talk about what I did at 2 a.m. in the morning in a cooking <laughs> bitch? <laughs> Now millions upon millions will know <laughs> the lapse of you were there. not. You were way too transparent. No, uh, just in the same way that we talked about in episode one, we did discuss his combat experience without going into details, and people can understand what that means, right? In the same way, depending on your discernment and the group that you're wanting to share your testimony, um, share it. You know, be authentic, be organic, but you don't have to go into the details. Just recently, I was asked to speak. Um, at, at, with some youth, right, and share my story, mm. and that was new because I never, yeah, I never spoke to youth, man. What do you? Do I really need to water this down? My first time preaching to people I didn't know was in was in a jail and <laughs> <in> a pod, <laughs> so I mean, I'm used to a little bit of a harder crowd, and so I was a little bit, man. I was just encouraged, man. Be authentic. And I did that with discernment, not saying certain things, right? But also getting the message across that life was hell, man. Literally, it was hell. And God saved me from that. Uh, but I would encourage, Ryan, uh, you need to have people in your life that you can trust, that know you fully, 
fully. So you are absolute transparent with them and you need to discern who that is. And you got to watch out because there's wicked people out there that can use things against you, but you need to have people in your life. Maybe it's not a large number, but you need to have people in your life that you're doing life with, that you take your mask off and know you fully. Yeah. I mean, I would say that Adam, you and I's friendship has allowed us to do that with each other. Right. And there are things that uh, you have shared with me and I've shared with you likewise that yeah. we haven't told anybody sure. else in our life. And and that's just what he means by that, Ryan, is, is uh, man, I have far less friends than I used to, but these friends are good friends and I can count on them. And and not all of them. I can I can get down to some dirty stuff like that. But you get to have at least one person in your life that knows when you when you talk of these things. They know where your heart is. Uh, they're not judging you, and um, and there can be some good restoration in that. Yeah, and that kind of rolls back into the just God's plan of of fellowship and community, and He says that pray for one another, and uh, you know, so that you may be healed. Well, if if I have to, if I have someone that knows me fully, and they know when I say I'm struggling, they know how to pray for me. You know, hmm. um, so that's uh that's episode five, guys. We're excited. Uh, we've we've. Getting on a ball, getting on a roll here. We've got five episodes launched out. I also want to tell you, hey, the book, the Lost and Found Recovering Christ book. As we close this time out, uh, go to s two l s the numeral two l recovery dot org and click on the curriculum link, and you can order the book for yourself. You can learn way more about the book. You can watch a video about Bruce's testimony. Uh, and you can order the book right there from the website. I would encourage you, if you if you want to go through a study with your small group, if you want to go through a study, whether you're struggling with chemical addictions or not, this is a book of discipleship and growth. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to go get it, check it out. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, well, and if you have any questions that you want us to answer on, uh, on the air, you know, uh, email us at s2lrecovery. No, actually, that's not the email, is it? It's <laughs> info at s2recovery.net. It's spring, the number two life. <laughs> None of that was right. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm confused. We'll play it. We'll play it in the, in the bump at the end, the, the intro and the outro. We'll play in the outro, the, the email address, the email. Ask questions. Thanks, guys. Love you. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.